You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Ballcast. And in light of the disappointing draft night for everyone in the NFC East except the Eagles, uh, we're going to have a more cheerful episode tonight, which is basically our look back at our all will be one picks. Yes. We're a couple months removed, things have changed, metagame, pro tour, whatever you want to call it, things have changed a little bit. Um, we have serialized cards in the current set, so All Will Be One is kind of dead to everyone now because we're chasing the serials. Uh, you know, de depends what you got. But we're going to get started, so let's take it away. So uh, first and foremost, we both agreed on Elish Norn Mother Machines being entirely overhyped at $56 when we did the episode. And I believe this we did it again on uh, what would be considered release weekend, so we were after the initial bump. Yeah. That was the second set where players could buy product on pre-release weekend. Mm -hmm. So we were still attempting to see when the great crash was going to happen. And it seemed like Elish Norn was actually going to hold for a lot longer than we thought coming out of that. And it actually holds until basically the end of January and then takes a stark drop at the beginning of February and continues up to tank all the way down to the $30 mark where it is now i still think this has a, a long way to go until we hit the floor but i think at least uh from my perspective i kind of looked at this in such a way that it would basically be an edh only card yeah and that's where it would live but it did not deserve the price point it had if it picked up in standard and pioneer which would require a large shift in both of those formats then yeah. the 56 dollars price tag would be like kind of warranted and that is really what happened well the opposite of that it did not yeah. take off so it just tanked and settled i think my my call on the price i still am a firm believer that in time this continues to drop that far as more players move away from it yeah i was thinking about this today as i was leaving work I compared this to like Torpor Orb and Hushbringer, a lopsided Panharmonicon, and the the fact that this is, you know, both of those effects living in the command zone as a as opposed to the ninety nine definitely makes it a pretty appealing look overall, and one that's not going to be overshadowed for a fairly long time. People just have to figure out if this is the Elish Norn they want to be playing with, if that's why they're playing it. Or if yep. they're playing it because they like the effect that they're getting out of this, and if we see that, yeah, if we see that shift away, then I think this just drops like a rock. But yeah, to your point, people have moved on, and I think if there's not a big shift, then we're stuck at this thirty dollars price point. Here we are. Yeah, I. Uh, it... I think that a lot of the hype had to do with the whole we're considering banning it before it's even printed. Yeah. The I hype. don't like, I, I don't, I think that Sheldon had a little bit of an impact on that. Mm -hmm. I think that the outroar 
had people thinking, oh, this card is so good, it's got to be worth a lot. Because it did hold its price a little bit longer than I would have thought. Yeah. But I'm glad it's all tanking now. So, hey, yeah. how about that? Absolutely. I honestly forgot about the fact that they said that this card was going to be terrible for the Commander format, and here we are trying to figure out exactly what it's actually doing for the Commander format, yep. not to the Commander format. Uh, so, uh, I absolutely agree. The, the card that I picked independently that I thought was way overhyped was Venerated Rot Priest. And this is a card that just kind of flamed out as I expected it to. It crested all the way up to 20, and then it's just been slowly sinking ever since. I think I yeah. I was picking them up in paper for like a buck or two from my LGS because I do believe this card is good. But the way people were looking at it, the way they want to util- they wanted to utilize it in constructed formats was very it, not flimsy. It was a good way to do it, but the overall composition of the decks they were playing were very flimsy. Because mm-hmm. as I continued to say during spoiler season after this card was reprinted was in response to the storm trigger. It doesn't matter what happens after that because Rock Priest is going to die. Yep. But you'll lose all your triggers off ground. You, you don't get any triggers off ground rift. That's what people were trying to do. Then yep. there was like this other Gruel deck, Storm deck that came up, Monomorphos and Mutagenic Growths. And again, you can interrupt the chain very easily. I do think there's a lot of power in this card. We might see this pick up in standard. It's cresting, like I said, continuing downwards towards you know $2.00. And that is where I guess it's going to live for the the near future. I pegged this at like a solid five dollar rare, which is why I'm yep. fine picking them up at two. I still believe in this card, especially now that we have kind of idea an idea of how all the Frexian sets are supposed to play together. But I don't know if it'll reach that sooner rather than later, and then how long it will sustain that. My call that this might re- make the RC or WotC rethink about the poison counter cap in Commander has obviously flamed out. I, yeah, I overvalued... don't care, I guess? Well, I overvalued the yeah. uh, this card in general in Commander when it comes to the infect strategy. And this is That's actually fair. going to play into my, my just right price uh, when I talk about uh, Tekathal, so I'll kind of end here. For you, though, your individual pick for a card that was way overpriced or overhyped yeah, uh, Tyranax Rex, not to be confused with Tyranax, the common from Fifth Dawn, uh, which is appropriately priced at less than a quarter. But Tyranax Rex, uh, at first look, is just a questing beast that's really good. Car- Carnage Tyrant, was people were saying, too. Yeah, Carny T was the other one. It can't be countered, trample, yep. word four, haste, and toxic four, which was the most important part mm-hmm. about this. The problem is, it's seven fucking mana. Uh, this card's not really seeing play anywhere. Nope. I mean, in fact, we literally, looking at the stocks graph, today is the all-time low on this card. Uh, When it came out and we did the episode, it was trending at around 10 to 15, and I was like, there's no way I would see it at about a third of that. And we're still going down. So I just don't know what the home is for this. Uh, It could be big, dumb, green dinosaurs, because it is a dinosaur. So it has an EDH home. But toxic isn't an emphasis point for the dinosaur deck nope so it doesn't really 
add anything that another dinosaur doesn't. So I'm going to give with one hand and then take away with another right now. Uh, Toxic dinosaurs have a home when you use the new Atali as a primal conqueror that is fair as your commander because then it flips into uh the toxic atali yeah uh trample indestructible whenever it deals combat damage to a player they get that many poison counters sorry it it, it effectively no you're you're right and i i think also though that that is well that's the giveth now i'm going to taketh okay when we discussed this i believe we talked about his place in standard as if it was carnage tyrant um, ancient Imperis, Imperiosaur immediately mushes yeah. this card. It's got Convoke, Trample, War 2, and it enters the battlefield with 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it for each creature that Convoked it. Well, you know what? We didn't see um, Incubate coming. Yeah. And Control Decks have, now have Chrome Head, Shark, or whatever it is. So you can create a bunch of Incubate tokens. Shark flip, Typhoon at home. Flip them, Convoke this Dinosaur, and now you have a better beater than yeah. Rex. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i a big, big proponent of Imperiosaur being the better card. Uh, I think that Tyranax Rex does have a place in big dumb stuff EDH, which obviously appeals to casuals. Yeah. But, and this is a point I'll un- most likely touch on later, this is from a set with collector boosters. I don't, and it's not a card that is imminently like staple level to me. No. It doesn't. It's not an auto included in dinosaur deck like Zakama, or Carnage Tyrant, or stuff like that. This is just like, it's a little plus. But I still don't think it's we've we've hit bottom. Obviously, I think five to seven long term is the right price for a card like this. Uh, it's incredibly evasive. It adds toxic at a high rate, but without a way to discount it. That's a lot of mana for you to get to in a 60-card format. Exactly, yeah. Whereas Imperious Orb being convocable, that's great. Yep. So I mentioned uh, coming out of Venerated Rock, Rock Priest that I that some of the reasoning why this went down would affect my just right pick, and that was Tekathal Inquiry Dominus. Chris, so good. It really is. But it's trending downward, but uh, looks to be holding maybe around $4. And yep. so, what we didn't know about te- about March of the Machine was that they were going to forsake a lot of the keywords that we had expected to yeah. come back. They didn't bring back Toxic. There's not a lot of emphasis on Proliferate, but there is an emphasis on a plus one, plus one counter strategy. Yep. So, a lot of that changeover really did impact like the picks that I had made. I looked at Tekathal as basically a better Contagion engine, which it really is. But the price yeah. point I picked for it, ten to twelve, is as the like the long term price. I don't think is sustainable at, at this point in time. If if it ever gets there, it's going to be so far down the road, it won't matter. But I still think this is a card that is worthwhile to look into. I I believe in my reasoning. But I don't believe in my price really yep. anymore because it took a while for the proliferate strategies to really pick up. And it wasn't Atraxa Praetor's voice that got us there. It was more the reprint of uh, not Contagion Engine, but the the Blue Enchantment. Why am I blanking on its name? Not Forced Fruition. 
Tra- no. Not training grounds. Uh, inexorable tide. Inexorable tide. The reprinting yep. of that in Modern Masters Two, I want to say, basically put more in circulation, move people more into playing proliferate, move people more back into uh, more into the idea that you can do more with proliferate than just poison somebody out with Skithrix. Then we get Atraxa. Then we get the odds and ends proliferate in War of the Spark. Yep. Some some weird stuff, and. Tekathal just does fit into these decks. It cannot really be the commander. It is not good enough for that. It goes in the 99. And at the end of the day, because we didn't get that much more support for Proliferate, which is what I would have expected, we didn't get a lot more support for Toxic, which is what I was expecting. We saw, again, this very sharp drop-off and not really a long-term climb for this. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, you know consistently i found that the picks we get most wrong are the ones that we think are just the right price uh, in these episodes yeah. and mine is similar uh soulless jailer i thought hey one to two dollars which is what it was at that's about the right price for this effect boy was i wrong it's a rare and a collector booster set this card's less than 50 cents it's yeah. going to be less than 50 cents forever because there's millions of effects like this uh i, I just got it wrong that's all i have i have nothing else it, it's I was a, just dead wrong. Yeah, it's a good card, and it's one of those... It's just, it's weird. It's like, the moment cards like this stop being played is the moment that the dredge players come out, yeah. teddy bears have their picnic. <laughs> yeah. Then cards like this pop up in price, the yeah. dredge players take their ball and go home, and then these yeah. drop back down to nothing. So at the end of the day, I think we still talked about, like, this is a card that you should have in the... I don't like just stop fucking with your graveyard stack. Yeah. Yeah. And like this this is my in my eternal sideboard. Yeah. As in this is eternally a sideboard playable card. Yeah. Depending on the meta, I have to have it. Exactly. It's kind of like the Bajuka Bog of Graveyard yeah. Hate. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. playing black, you probably want Bajuka Bog for Commander. It doesn't matter when it happens or if it does, but having it is a is a good idea. But you don't yeah. need to have a stack of Bajuka Bogs to trade out kind of thing. That's no. what we're seeing. And, you know, sadly, with the way for various formats are shaping up, there's not a lot of graveyard play. Or in some formats, like Pioneer now, there's just a ton of ways to deal with the graveyard. So even if you wanted to try and get something going, green's got you covered left, right, and center. It's ridiculous yeah. what green can do to a graveyard in that format. Yeah, it's especially considering that, you know, there are actual threats that impact graveyards in that format. Yeah. I mean, Kalidas, Anafenza, there's so many that are just good at answering that i mean you obviously have the eternal uh scoos and stuff like that in other formats but you know it's it's easy enough and this is a redundant piece that is too redundant for it to be good which i think is you know sometimes we may get caught up on the playability of an archetype of card yeah such as this generic graveyard hoser Ah. generic color hoser whatever yeah that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good or worth money yeah because there's a million other options out there. Yeah, and this is one of those things where I think we talked about it as a creature. It's kind of interesting. It's really weak to Fatal Push. It's like doubly or triply weak to Kologon's command, but it avoids Lightning Bolt pretty well, which is neat. Yeah. But if I was going to play... If I had to choose, like, three different cards to hit a graveyard, 
and I was just playing most of the decks that I would play. I'd probably go Graft Digger's Cage into Soul Guide Lantern or Relic in that slot, and then Surgical, yeah. right? Yeah. However, if I was gonna play Bogles, I think I might pick this up because it can wear some pants. It can. It like, can wear pants. And I, I think that's kind of the like its weakness can also be a strength for some decks, but we're not there in many formats yet, though we did see no. green, white bogles do pretty well, you know, coming in second at the last PT. Yeah. Right? And I mean, obviously, if affinity ever matters at scale again, obviously Urza's uh, Saga helped that out with, like, Shadow yeah. Spear and stuff. Or I think uh, there's a spot for this. The Insol deck. And so yeah. because yeah. you you needed a critical mass of artifacts to put your scissors on, and well, here you yeah. go for two, not yeah. bad. Yeah, so I think there's still opportunity for this, and we didn't discuss it at the time. I think we discussed a lot of the pitfalls it had. Yeah, and now that we're here at the bottom, we can take a chance. We can take the opportunity to look up what does this card have going for it. But yeah, I don't think we're in a spot where we want to recommend it as a pick. No. Um, for me. Moving into Underheight, I was looking at Kemba, Ka, Enduring, and I was looking at this for a few reasons. One, relevant creature type for Commander, and then two, Kitty. yeah, exactly, everything about else about the card for Constructed. I talked about this going in Hammer Time style decks, and we haven't really seen that pick up, so, you know, no. well one to me. I was looking at this card at 67 cents. It's dropped to somewhere between 24 and 44, which is this really, like, it's a weird space to be in on TCG player because you're going to get hoisted on shipping. So what is the real cost here? Like, yeah. question mark. <clears throat> At the end of the day, though, we really haven't seen this pick up. There have been some people that want to look at playing Cats with Hats and Commander, and I believe that this is a fine card in the deck, but I do not believe it is good enough to helm the deck because if you're not playing a Rabo, you are cutting a color out of your... Or Miri... Mm -hmm. You're cutting, you're cutting the color out of your deck that gives you not only additional cats that are actually really good. Fleece Man Lion is a very difficult card to deal so with in Commander good. if you hit it early. And then, you know, the, the green odds and ends in, like, Beast Within, Heroic Intervention, etc. Yeah. This is really good in the 99, and it's, its effect is now kind of... Uh, the equip effect is now kind of redundant, which is great. It's awesome. I thought this would probably hit, I think, maybe like a dollar or two. And that the lack of buzz was what was really keeping this down. But at the end of the day, it's just going to remain overlooked for a while until people cycle back around to cats as a commander theme for whatever reason. Or the mono white equipment deck in commander becomes really good, though it does have a better commander for that in the uncommon from not Battle Bond. Commander's Legends that I can never remember that just also vacuums yeah. up equipment, the Angel. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of competition in that slot. So Kemba being as cheap it is, as it is for as long as it takes to get to a dollar, I think is more reasonable than I thought it was at the time. I just thought that Modern was in a spot where it really need, where Hammer Time needed some help, and this would take kind of take care of that. Yeah. At the end of the day, Modern did shift. Hammer Time didn't need this kind of help, so that push didn't really happen. And now we're just infinite quantity on tcg player just kind of rotting well and i think the thing about this one is this is to me it, the first point you mentioned commander relevant tribe it's a kitty and it's a cleric 
I think long term this card is still fantastic. I obviously right now we're low, and I think one of the problems is you know when we do these preview episodes and we call prices out, it's pre-order prices, which are always going to be higher or somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. And I I think I believe in this card long term still. I think it's great. Uh, I don't know when it will see another bump. But eventually they're going to do a cat secret lair or another cat commander well, or something like that. And this yeah. will get a pump. I, yep. It's just inevitable the way they've been designing products that something will happen that allows this to be better and to be worth money. Yep. And, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. We, ha- we are seeing it a little bit. I just double checked in modern in Hammer Time, but yep. not in high quantity. Like No, just occasionally a one or two of. Yep. Uh, one one card I before I get to my undercosted, there was one card that I think we both criminally missed. Okay, and that was Mondrak, uh, white token doubler. Yes, that can become yeah. indestructible. Cards insane, uh, but that was one both of us missed, which does happen. Now for my undervalued, underhyped card, as of right now, I was wrong on the price, but I did say when I picked it. This card will not be worth more than it is now at pre-order stages Mm -hmm. for another year or two. And it was the Eternal Wanderer. Uh, Obviously, it's a rare and a collector booster set. It's going to be opened into the ground, blah, blah, blah. All the reasons I gave for why Tyranax Rex is bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, This card, though, I think has a lot more playability to it. Not just for 60-card formats, because it it passes the Planeswalker check. Yes. Uh, it generates card advantage. It gets bigger or stays the same to protect itself. And it has a good loyalty count. And the alt is actually not the worst. Uh, and actually happens the turn it comes into play. But oh, true. Yeah. card was sitting at about two, like two to four dollars, depending on shipping, of course. Uh, and right now we're sitting at about two dollars on the low end. Yet again, the all-time low for this card happened yesterday. Uh, I still believe long-term in this card. It's impactful. It's great for casual players. It's great for control decks and 60-card formats. I don't know that it's better than the Wandering Emperor for closing games or Gideon Ally of Zendikar. But it is a third option for that slot. And there may be a world where all of a sudden that does become relevant and some of these modes actually matter a little bit more than they do now. Um, but as of right now, it is worth less than it was when I called it out. But, and I think you actually said this as well for Kemba, we're looking at the long, long term for this to be worth more. Yes. And to be at what we would consider an appropriate value for it. Because even though it is a rare and a collector booster product, I still think this is a 5 to $10 Planeswalker. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think this card's incredible. I, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a good Planeswalker overall. I was rereading it. I totally forgot that you can minus four the turn it comes into play and effectively ult it. And it's like, you know, yeah. a one-sided wrath. Like, you just have to compare it against other Planeswalkers in the slot for taking over a game like Elspeth Sun's Champ, which I guess is yeah, the only one. I, Sun's Champion is just insane, though. Like, that's yeah. The, the, for me, that's the best Walker bar none for taking over a game. But the the thing about that is, is like that ult is almost irrelevant on on that card because you've got to hit creatures that are four or greater. And Pioneer is kind of a small ball format. Yeah. And uh, do you even have it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have Theros in there. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Yep. So you have Sun's Champ. So yeah. he's just not doing much. Yeah. At it, least... it's, it makes three one ones and then minus threes to destroy power four or greater. There's not... Yeah. It's such an instant speed format. Like, Grease Fang works at instant speed. Yeah. So the minus three doesn't do anything, you nope. know? You've got Parhelion out there swinging at you twice. doesn't matter. But Wandering Emperor, and this is one thing that I didn't mention before the first line of text on this card is why i think it's very good for like yeah. small ball type formats only one creature can attack at each turn and you can make a 2-2 double strike every turn yep just yeah just hold the ground and just threaten and threaten multiple alts in a row yep. and just chain them and yeah that's like that's the ability to just keep pressing the button like that is why i like the eternal wanderer yeah over elspeth sun's champ it just suffers, I think, similarly uh, yeah. to some of the other cards we talked about, which is just it's good enough to have a home, but there's no good enough home for the it. format yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I like I picked up my copies to play because I honestly thought it would see play. I didn't uh, I didn't yeah. spec on it, so I just kind of like let it rot, forgot about it, remembered I had him the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, this thing. <laughs> Same thing with the That's wandering. Yeah. yeah, the Wandering it was not not quite a flash in the pan. It did some things for a hot minute, and then yeah. formats changed, and it just kind of fell off. Like, so it yeah, goes. it was it was even like in release, still in some cases a forty dollar card, not just for the alt art, and then now it's down to like fifteen to twenty. Yeah, yep. So exactly, I think I picked mine up somewhere around there, maybe closer to like eighteen. Yeah, but. Yeah, because I was like, oh, this card will hold. I'll end up playing it in Modern or something over time. I want one for uh, my yeah. Vant Stoneblade deck, so whatever. Mm -hmm. And now it's just kind of fallen out of all formats. So yeah, here we are. All right, anything before we head into picks? Or anything more? Let's hit. Say? All right, so. Ooh, excuse me, head to picks. All right, so for, I'm going to go first this week. And uh, this week I'm going to kind of take a cue from you. I'm going to talk about one card, but this is going to apply to a couple. Yeah. So this week I am looking at Omnoth, Locus of the Royal. And for I'm those I'm curious not. about exactly which one this is, this is the four mana value Teamer Omnoth from Corset 2020. Of course, really good. Yep. It's one green, blue, and a red for a 3 3 Omnoth that says when it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to any target equal to the number of elementals you control. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on target elemental that you control. If you can. Control eight or more lands, draw a card. All right, so one of the more interesting Omnas, um, a little kind of under the radar compared to others that aren't just the four mana value one. Yeah. And so when I picked this card back in November of 2022, CK was buying 26 at 380. TCG had 270, 278 unique prices uh, at a market of $5.25. When I was taking my notes, CK was now buying 44 at $4.80, and there were 183 listings at $5.88 on TCG Player. I checked again this morning, and uh, somebody or uh, multiple people have sent in Omnas to CK. They're now buying 34 down to 440 So we see that Biolist is very much in control of that price. They're not just looking to buy a ton at one price. They want to like stepwise it down. So their sales velo is not that great, despite the fact that they're out of stock. And on TCG Player, there are 183 listings still, but the market has gone up to about 611, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. 
Now, when we look at the commander playability, I want to say this loud and proud. This Omnoth is not a commander. This Omnoth goes in the 99. As is, or sorry, as does the other Omnoth this is referential to, Omnoth Locus of Rage, which is the yes. Gruul Omnoth. It costs three double red, double green for a 5-5 five five Omnoth that says Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under you control, create a 5-5 five five red and green elemental creature token. Whenever this or another elemental you control dies, it deals three damage to any target. Okay, so neither of these are the commander. They're in the 99. And now everything I'm going to talk about is relevant to both of these Omnaths. When we actually look at what's going on on Wreck, we see a few interesting directions for the cards, though namely there really are two main themes with a half-baked third, which I find hilarious, but it's just what watsi has been doing. So we see Locus of the Royal in Elemental Tribal, helmed by any number of options from Horde of Notions, which is the number one, to Maelstrom Wanderer, which is a strictly teamer build, yeah. to Morphon, which basically is like tribal tribal for the most part. That's how people are, are treating that now. Yeah. And we also see a landfall theme when investigating the card in the 99 of decks helmed or by Omnath, Locus of Creation, the 4C version of the card. That's one with the, too much text. Yeah, that's the landfall. That's the landfall general. Now these represent the two largest quote identities for the cards. The third kind of half baked theme is what I'm now calling Omnath Tribal, and it's held by Omnath Locus of All, the five C commander. You can now play five different Omnaths in the same fucking deck. <sighs> right. So. The most competitive deck containing this card is going to be anything helmed by Maelstrom Wanderer, obviously, or Animar the Soul Eater. They're just very yeah. competitive, very spiky decks, despite both being popular commanders overall. I don't see them as long-term drivers. I do believe it's going to be the 4C Landfall deck, and whatever yep. form the Tribal Elemental deck takes as these are fantastic threats for both of those decks that basically key off of the exact same things. Now, these decks can range from very casual to fairly spiky, but neither is really looking to pop off and sour the mood of a game. Yep. When you look at the landfall builds and you start seeing that these are all about token generations on the, on the average, what you really aren't seeing is that Crater Hoof and its ilk aren't in these builds. Instead... These are more like all in on the combat step, quote unquote, mm -hmm. kind of token decks. And we've discussed those a lot recently where we kind of are seeing this trend of people move away from these game ending threats for whatever reason. And thus we're kind of seeing more of like a soft win con where you just amass an army of lower powered dorks and swing all out. Avenger of yep. Zendikar away kind of yep. thing. And this spread of types of players that can utilize this card this would be attractive to is what i want you know we i want as many eyes on this and as many interested parties as possible yeah again nothing there's nothing stopping people from running crater hoof pathbreaker ibex thunderfoot baloth decimator of provinces you get the idea 
and it would not change the identity of the deck if they did because we're still looking to win in combat no matter how you slice it yeah i mean you could also just sack all your elementals to ashnod's altar and locus of rage somebody out of the game too are they are you like people yeah. get mad about that i don't know but that's kind of a tbd in your own play group but again we do ha we have talked a lot about like for whatever reason the quote-unquote combo <clears throat> kill of play crater hoof bell crater hoof behemoth enter combat is too much of a combo and so seeing that those cards aren't in the deck is really nice because that means there are a lot of casuals that are kind of looking at yeah stuff. that is very true right so when we look at velocity you know if these stay the same now i'm going to talk about uh royal because that's where i did the majority of my work for timeline if we stay if this stays the same this is going to be a seven dollar fifty cent card in the next month and it is actually heading there a lot faster than I thought it was, jumping 30 cents in the last two days. The button on TCG Player right now is the Gaming Co. at 780, so it's like passing even my next threshold, which is shortly after 750, it's like immediately $8. And that doesn't eat into current supply. It goes from, it went from like 580 to 750 in about a page, and then from 750 to 8 in several listings. And that is not a huge chunk of supply to be removed. So this means we have the opportunity to buy in now and flip back into the open market within a month or two of buying in, which is like really appealing. But when we look at buy list, it seems that demand isn't that great. And even small submissions, like I pointed out, can bring down the buy list price by like 10%, like for yeah. every eight or 10. So if you're looking to hold for buy list numbers, that's probably on the outside of three months, more towards six if CK doesn't keep getting bought out immediately after restock and not upping their price, because that's odd and frustrating. Yeah. Now, the reason I, I'm talking about both these cards in one is because, yes, a lot of this is relevant, but it's the reprint equity part of this that I think kind of really plays into the Omnath spec, and that that's the fact that they're not going to get reprinted because Watsi keeps doing more things with Omnath adding more colors, adding more abilities, and like the first two or three which we're looking at are f are really far in the rear view window. Yeah. I don't think there's a willingness to print an elemental themed commander deck for any plane other than Lorwyn. Yep. And even then, I don't know if this would feature as there are other better options. Horde of Notions, I believe, is from uh Lorwyn uh or originally block. yes it was yeah uh, so, orman super block one of the sets yeah yep because that had all the the evoke elementals mall drifter yeah. and i can't spite bellows wisp mare shriek right yep <clears throat> so it makes sense if we go back to lorwin that we do get an elemental deck it would also make sense that it would be five colors and it would also make sense that horde of notions gets upcycled yet again to be that general but omnoths are just so tied to zendikar as well yep. that it makes it difficult for me to believe that this would even show up and if there was an elemental deck done for an annual again, I have a hard time believing it would be one of these Omnaths because the more colors you add, the more it does, the more appealing it becomes. Personally, I think the four color one is kind of like the peak yeah. for Commander. I think the five color one is good, it, but it doesn't... It's for Omnath Tribal. 
Exactly. And it doesn't quite jive with the rest of them, just like the first yeah. one doesn't really. It just saves you a bunch of mana, but the rest of them do landfall things, so it's like a little this rub. This is cool. Yeah, it's cool, but there's like a weird value rub there. Yeah. So, all that said, I don't think we'll ever see really one of these the uh, Locust of the Royal reprinted in a commander set. And it looks like Locust of Rage was in the Zendikar Rising commander decks, but that was it. It was in yeah. BFZ, that was his original printing, and then the Zendikar Rising commander because throwback set. Zendikar, right? yeah, throwback. That's where it makes sense. And at the time, we didn't have four-color Omnoth, and we didn't have the three-color Omnoth. We just had one or two-color Omnoth, so... Or we were getting the four-color one, so why would you put in the commander deck? Derp, derp, yeah. Sorry about that. And then, last point, by quantity, I think you're good with, like, eight if you want to serve lo locals and move to buy list. If you want to flip into the open market, you could probably go, like, 24 deep and feel fine about it. And dress. Yeah. I wouldn't load them all in the TCG player right now. I'd probably drip them out. Uh, if you load up... For this card in particular, if you load too many, you're going to be the anchor. And then people are going to reset the price below you. But if you yep. just drip them out like two to four at a time, reset Much the price. Much easier yep. to yep. reset the price every time. You should just be able to kind of climb up the ladder in terms of price pretty easily. If you're looking to serve your locals, which is like my mentality for this, I've got my bunch from playing standard. And then I'd probably look for another eight four to put in a binder because i'm pretty sure those would churn and then the yeah. other four would be the buy list later on yeah i like it i think the only reprint risk you have is like secret layer omnath but it's not the kind of card it's not at a price point it's not at a desirability level where i think there's a remote chance they do secret layer omnath i i just i don't believe that's the thing that they would do no. uh it's also like you said it touches on very casual themes which i think is great especially if it's in decks that don't run crater of yep. uh it's invisible slash casuals i mean that's great that's where you want to be uh and it's also something that continually gets upcycled with a new version which makes people look back at the old ones of oh well i'm gonna search on that oh there's all these other ones that exist let yep. me take a look at those which adds a little bit to it i think yep absolutely uh, for my pick, I am also sticking with one card that's really more of a market indicator than anything else. Uh, and this one's pretty easy. It's just the All Will Be One Oil Slick Raised Foil Basics from the Step and Complete Bundle. Uh, which is the most ridiculous title for a card in the world, but here we are. So uh, I am specifically highlighting the Swamp. Uh, so the reason I like these cards is when they were pre-ordering, they were pre-ordering for 10 to $20, and they were selling like crazy. Uh, they're, they don't exist anywhere outside of the Step and Complete bundles. They're not in collector boosters. They're not in set boosters. They're not in... They're nowhere. You just get two of them in every Step and Complete bundle. Yes. Now, the liquidity on these is nuts. If you look at any of the five, they average 40-plus sold per day. It's a lot for a basic. A, a ton. Yeah. And then you look at the stocks graph, and it's literally just flatline, 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 flatline. Doesn't go anywhere. TCG player has a little bit of a seesaw on all of them. But the point is, the most expensive of these lands right now is the Swamp at $6 plus shipping for the foil, which is all it exists as. 
these make really good draft set lands because the stepping complete, like the oil slick foils, don't curl the way that other foils do. Now, you do have on some of these an anchor point. Uh, there's one for an islands. It's a guy with 217 copies. Well, at current sales velo, he'll be out in three days. So at that point, we start taking off. This is the kind of thing that I expect to have a collectability, a collectible desirability to it yeah. because of where it's at in the storyline for those Vorthoses out there. Uh, because it's a very unique monochrome printing almost with, you know, a color highlight on it of here's the Phyrexian text and the symbol in purple or red or green or whatever. Um, at a velocity like that, I'd be looking at quantity in almost draft sets. Five to ten of every basic. There's yep. my draft set of lands. That's what I need because primarily, at least what I've noticed, that's where basics are moving now is people are either getting them for decks, in which case they don't need more than ten of them, or they're getting them for draft sets, in which case they only need ten of them. But the thing where this really gets interesting is the listings. Swamps are down to 94 listings. Ooh. A week ago, they were at 130. So if we're selling 40 copies a day and we're down 40 listings, that means everyone had multiple copies. And if you look at these, we're starting to get to the point on these lands where it's thinning out a little bit. It's not people with just four or more. There's a lot of them where the quantity is like one or two or three. And once that starts happening is when these are really going to start taking off. Once people realize, oh, they've just completely dried up, I need to get them in the FOMO hits, and then the price goes up and up and up. All of the other listings besides Swamp are sitting at around 120 to 130. They're only down about 20 listings each from a week ago. Again, with the liquidity level that they have, sitting at that few listings and knowing that after a couple of pages, those last 60-plus listings are one-of copies, these are actually pretty close to drying up. So mm -hmm. timeline-wise, I'd honestly be looking at about six months is when I think you can profitably turn these. Because while, yes, and this is something we've harped on, there's a lot less desirability for cool basics than there was. Uh, these are incredibly unique because these are the best basics we're getting for the year of Phyrexia. Yeah. Uh, at least based on what we've seen so far, unless there's a million new foil printings or they serialize basics, which would be the worst thing to ever happen. And now that I've spoken it into existence, it's going to happen by the end of the year. Right. Serialized alpha cut basics. Oh, baby, I'm in. I, I would do that. Alpha cut basics? Absolutely. I am in. 1,000%. Anyways. Uh, so looking at about a six-month turnaround, because... If at this point we have high velocity mm -hmm. and our price point is pretty flat, it's only a matter of time before that velocity catches up and all of a sudden the price goes up because that's what happens. That's how markets work. Uh, as far as unloading, same deal as you. I'd be looking at about eh, four to eight probably if I'm looking to serve my locals. And I'd be looking at ten or more if I'm going to eventually offload into the open market. Now, I will say, if you're offloading into the open market, you are going to have to wait maybe a little bit because you need those choke points to go. Yeah. Now, do your research. Most of these, the choke point is on the first page. There's nothing past that with anything more than like 20 quantity. 
but there's a couple of them that have 40s in there at like the five to six dollar range when they're currently sitting at three now that's still fine because that's a double up we take those all day but it is something to be mindful for as you go into this and i think that as events start happening more and more and maybe we get a focus on in-person limited fingers crossed i hope you can start to see the desirability of these as draft sets go up, which leads to, of course, more liquidity. But that's all I got on it. Yeah. No, it's interesting to see. Like, there's there's some really weird numbers going. I'm looking at the mountain in particular because I had it up. And from March 9th to today, there are 1,150 total orders on uh, on mountains. There are 397 orders with quantity four or more. The average quantity per order, however, is four is 4.1, right? Yeah. But we're looking at somewhere, so let's round up. So one-third of all orders have four or more quantity in them. So people are buying. To have an average quantity per order of 4.1 or more, people are buying in larger quantities like you're saying they're looking yeah. already for some of these drafts that some of these people look like they're either rerouting into tcg player stocking a store somebody yeah. ordered 53 mountains like and what? that's the largest order yeah for near mint the largest for lp was 15 like 15 is more realistic for somebody who's building yeah. You know, a monocolor deck with them, or a commander deck that's multiple colors. Yeah. And so, yeah, we can on we could trace this. When you go back in time, you see a lot of average quantities per order of about three point eight to four. Now, that doesn't mean that one port one person only ordered three or four. They can bundle orders together and get that entire set. And yeah. what we're seeing, you know, but we are. It looks like we are seeing people truly pick these up for what for what you said which is they're not just getting these for like one-offs because they look nice like no these are going into the draft into box decks. yeah yeah they're going they're... into a place to be played yeah. not to just sit in a binder and be like oh here's my cool land binder no people are getting these to play with them to use them exactly so. yeah and like yeah i don't think we see velo drop on these until they're at a price point like the unhinged the basics where it yep. just became like okay now i gotta spend like 12 dollars per island so i can only pick up like one or two in time yeah and then we drop which them. we may not be far off from that but no that's fine not at all i think the point about the not curling like other lands is, is super important i think the call out on the design is also really important because the only other lands they have to compete with are the black and white lands from double feature exactly double feature and a lot of the coloration on for the the colors used to represent the lands isn't that great like the swamp is really purple yeah the mountain's a little weird and but these all look pretty decent like even the forest looks great the symbol is really nice the text mm -hmm. that says land underneath it is hard to read but whatever you know what it's doing yeah it's a forest come on yeah and so i think that's also a really like interesting way to look at this too is that as far as competition in the space goes there's not a lot for lands that look like this you mm -hmm. know we had the theros lands into like the snc lands and the dominaria original lands or something like that that all yeah. have a very similar feel to them yeah and they kind of 
like retread that feel a lot. Not here. We've no. had like a year plus and just one. That's it. Yep. And this is going to be in much smaller quantity. And assumedly population will not get that large over time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of these sitting around waiting to make their way out. You know, it's. Yeah. We got what we got. Yeah. How many CBs are still left to be cracked that will be cracked? And it's because it seems like this is actually an interesting tie in to the the episode itself of we move from one set to the next. All is one to March of the Machine. And this set overshadows the previous one so much that do people care anymore to go back? Exactly. To all will be one to open those CBs anymore to hit whatever it is. Without the serialized cards, it's hard to say. There's yep. some of the uh, some neat alt art stuff in there strewn throughout. There's the oil slick lands. Yep. But are we kind of locked from a population standpoint? Are people going to be continuing to crack these and increase population? That also plays into this. If they don't, then population might stagnate immediately. And then, yeah, everything that goes, goes. And these prices go along with it. So, I it, it's a a good look and an interesting look overall because it's we don't get to do this that often. We don't have lands that just kind of come in hot and do this. Yeah, and stay hot. And yeah. we haven't for a while. It's been you know oh well this is the new land for the next six weeks until the next set comes out and oh here's more cool basics. Well, These yeah. are unique enough that they actually I think have staying power. Yeah, and that's huge. Think about like the third and the fourth and the fifth un- set of unlands. Watsi yes. didn't have very far to go after they made the unhinged lands. They removed the borders. That was the first time they did it. Then yep. they just changed like the vignette style treatment and pe- it, they just did not resonate that well. It just became no. tried and tired. And here we are, like I said, a, a bunch of other basics in the space look really similar there's only one other basic that looks like this but it doesn't have that kind of unique look and feel to it that this does so this is right now arguably the best in the space i really don't see improvement because there's nowhere to go with from a phyrexian text basic like we've you remove that text you just put the symbol on there and we've already done that how many times like it's it's literally alpha cut serialized that's all we have left yeah yeah, exactly. You have to figure out a way to treat a basic in some more interesting way in a main set that makes people want to do it. And I don't think we're and, going to see that. Yeah, that's not a design space that they've ever expressed an interest really in exploring other than, hey, we'll just throw some cool art on here, maybe a cool foil treatment, and call it a day! Yeah, or really care about, because the Frexine oil is a very important part of the story, and it doesn't seem like there's another plane that has this kind of thing no. going for it. Like maybe like a little dirt on lands from zendikar i don't know like yeah right yeah uh, what was a uh, game used dirt like that's yeah. what you get on your basics in zendikar when we go back again there's just a little window with some dirt that shakes yeah rattles around yeah it i think this is i i said it like a minute ago a really good look for a large number of reasons and i don't expect this to even come back and retread or something like this because i don't think we're gonna get another set of basics that's even worth talking about like yeah and certainly not like stuff. this yeah no and yep. yeah so it's definitely a, a great a great look overall really enjoy it good pick Thanks. Uh, all right anything else before we cut out let's do it all right so for at mtg cabalcast on facebook patreon and youtube and twitter i am at halt i am reptar you are 
at Thirsty Sizzler. And we'll see you next week. See ya.